Back to throw Garoppolo under some pressure. He is brought down by Quinn and Williams. That is great sideline work by Davidson Crowder. That's an incredible interception by Marcus Manning. After a trip out west, the Jets return home for back-to-back contests, starting with a visit from the old division rival, the Miami Dolphins. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Numbers Game. I'm your host, Dan Grassa, joined, as always, by my co-host from the NFL Network, Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, how was your Thanksgiving? How was your time with the family? You know, I think I'm still really full, but it's okay because I probably need to eat some more leftovers, so it's not going to end here. I still have more leftovers to eat. How about you? It was fantastic, and the great thing about Thanksgiving is, you know what, you don't have to feel guilty afterwards. It's all about eating. It's all about stuff in your face. So no apologies necessary for all of us, but I'm glad to hear that you had a good time. As far as the Jets are concerned, though, before we look forward to that Miami game, let's rewind and look back at a hard-fought but tough loss in L.A. against the Chargers, 34-28 to the final. Dropped the green and white to 0-10 on the season. Second straight loss, though, for the team by single digits. So it almost seems as if they're knocking on the door. Unfortunately, though, they dug themselves a 24-6 halftime lead. Fought back in the second half, but it was too little too late. Yeah, it was really interesting to see the adjustments and improvements. And also, there were some injuries that were really well adapted to. We saw two players that we maybe thought would have already had touchdowns for the season. They got in the end zone, both Frank Gore and Chris Herndon. So that was an encouraging sign of things to come. Joe Flacco made his fourth start of the season. 205 yards passing, a couple of touchdown passes, but he had that ill-fated pick six way back in the first quarter. But this is the second straight game for the former Super Bowl MVP. Over 200 yards passing and with multiple touchdown throws. Yeah, it's good to see a diversity. Obviously, it helps when people are more healthy, right? So fewer injuries, better opportunities to score those passing touchdowns. Fourth consecutive game for the Jets, starting fast. They score on the opening drive, which, believe it or not, ties the Kansas City Chiefs for the longest current active streak in the entire National Football League. And this is something that's been trending in the right direction for them over the last few games. Yeah, and you know what else is? Well, I like to see when Quinn and Williams is on the field. I know I'm switching over to defense on you, but I really like to see these young players starting to take a more active role in the defense. Those two quarterback hits and half a sack, those were a big deal. Justin Herbert had to deal with that big guy in his face all the time. And if you look, dive into the next-gen stats here a little bit, when you talk about two areas in particular for them on the offensive side of the ball the last few games, third down conversions, yards per play, that is something that the Jets are really increasing and giving themselves a little bit more productivity on that side, right? Yeah, if you look to see where they were before, so looking before week eight, and then where they've been since week eight, the past three games, you've seen over percent increase on third down conversions. That doesn't sound like a lot, but remember, the margins are so tiny in the NFL that that makes a big deal. 39.4, that's where they are over the past three games. That's a significant increase that helps keep everything moving. Part of the reason why, they're averaging over a yard more per play. So 5.39 up from 4.27 prior. That means more offense, more opportunities to score, less kind of imbalance of the defense being on the field all of the time. And maybe it's no coincidence that those numbers correlate with the return of Denzel Mims, who is now the last few weeks starting to get his legs underneath him. And you're starting to see what made him a second-round draft choice by the New York Jets. Against the Chargers, three catches, 71 yards, which is a season-high for him. And once again, a team-high eight targets. And forget about just the 71 yards, Cynthia, which is great. 
Think about all those additional yards that he is earning in terms of drawing penalties. Those are just as effective in terms of moving the offense down the field. Yeah, and you can't forget Brashad Perryman with the deep ball because he's now done this multiple times and it's been really encouraging to see. So you have the blend of new players and young players and you have the blend of the free agents that really mix it in really well. There's a lot to be excited for for the future. Perryman, three touchdowns in the last two games. Maybe he's having another strong close to the season like we saw from him last year when he was a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Jets hope for that. Another positive sign on Sunday was Chris Hearn, the tight end, who has had a relatively quiet season. But a couple of grabs, including a touchdown catch, you hope that this is something that could spur him to a strong finish of the season for him. And if you think about it, you know, he's kind of been MIA in this offense. This is his first multi-catch game since way back in week five. And if you look to see what he did when he didn't have the target coming his way, he was creating space for other people. He was throwing more blocks. It seemed like he truly understood kind of all of the concepts that were being thrown at him so he could legitimately become a pass-catching option and not just a decoy. We had him on our show Inside the Jets earlier in the week, and he said his confidence is still high. He's still working very hard at this. So it's a guy you root for. And again, still a young player you hope is going to be part of the Jets' future here for years to come. Frank Gore, you mentioned him earlier, the veteran, the ageless one, led the way on the ground with 61 yards and finally found some pay dirt. His first touchdown of the season, his 80th career rushing touchdown, Cynthia. We know that he's checked off a lot of milestones in his career. That 80th career rushing touchdown ties him with the Hall of Famer, Edger and James for 20th all-time. Pretty good achievement. That's great company to be in, and you should absolutely go pick him up on your fantasy waiver wire if he's available because he's a great option yet again this week for your fantasy team. LaMichael Piran, the rookie, had his second touchdown of the season, but he left with an ankle injury. He lands on the injured reserve. You hope that he's going to be able to return at some point before the season is over. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball and talk defense. You mentioned it earlier with Quinn and Williams. He made his return to the lineup. We'll get to him in just a second, but one of the big storylines going into the game was the injuries in the defensive secondary, that meant three rookies were going to have to be starting back there. And don't think the Chargers didn't take notice. They did. You knew that they were going to be attacked. But I'll tell you, guys like Bryce Hall, Lamar Jackson, Ashton Davis, you call it trial under fire, whatever it is, but this is life in the NFL. And I think after a while, these guys kind of held up pretty good. They did hold up really well. I think sometimes Keenan Allen doesn't get as much respect as he should nationwide. I think he's kind of really, we, we know about him obviously here in Southern California, but I think overall people forget to put him up there with guys like Julio Jones or one of these more Devontae Adams type receivers, but he's right there up there with them. So for me in this game, watching what that secondary was able to do, given the fact that this guy is a very, very good receiver, even though he had a monstrous day, there was a lot of positivity there. There was a lot going on there that I don't know if many rookies would be able to handle Keenan Allen, let alone this many rookies all at once. That's a crash course in life in the NFL as a defensive back when you're taking on a guy like Keenan Allen. As you said, 16 catches, 145 yards, a touchdown. And Justin Herbert, the rookie quarterback, a career-high 366 yards and three touchdowns. We knew going in they were going to be a potent offense. After all, they're ranked fourth in the NFL. Yeah, their offense is definitely a strong point, but I will say it was super encouraging to see how their defense was able to be exploited. Joe Flacco found all of the different ways that they could. Special teams looks good. There's a, there's a lot here that when you look to see how they could play complementary football together, when you're not necessarily playing an offense as good as the Chargers, then you're going to have a lot more success. It's going in the right direction. 
couple of those rookie defensive backs we talked about here. Ashton Davis, a team-high 12 tackles at the safety position. Bryce Hall, his first start at corner. Seven tackles, including one for loss. He sniffed out a screen pass and made a nice stop there. Valuable inexperience, Cynthia. There's not going to be playoffs this year, but you want these guys to be able to hit the ground running in 2021. That's what these reps are going to be able to afford them to do. Yeah, now you have some freedom to be able to say, okay, well, what are we going to do against Tua Tungavailoa? I know I'm pushing it forward a little bit here, but you're going to see this this rookie versus rookie, so it's going to be an interesting chess match because Tua made some mistakes last week, so he's exploitable. There's something going here. It's opportunities. A couple of guys worth mentioning on the defensive line. Henry Anderson, five tackles, had a block punt to go at a half sack. I thought he was very effective, and you mentioned Quinn Williams. He returned to the lineup. 54 snaps led the defensive line. He also had a half a sack and two quarterback hits. Well, enough about the past. Let's look ahead to the next game. That'll be against the division rival Miami Dolphins and a rematch at MetLife Stadium. Don't go anywhere. More to come on the numbers game. Welcome to Bet365, the world's favorite sports book. You can bet on football, basketball, baseball, hockey, MMA, and soccer. You can even make a bet while the game is still being played. Yes, you can. But here's the best part. Bet365 is now available in New Jersey. Bet365, the world's favorite sports book, now in New Jersey. And welcome back to the numbers game. Dan Grasso alongside Cynthia Freeland as we now look ahead to the Week 12 opponent. That'll be the Miami Dolphins. And speaking of the fish, Cynthia, they check in with a 6-4 and four record. Had a five-game winning streak that was snapped last week in Denver when they fell to the Broncos 20-13. And Tua Tungavailoa, the rookie quarterback, suffered his first loss as a starting QB. I mean, it had to happen sometime, right? You can't just always win all of them. Definitely not, and he was benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick in the fourth quarter, but the Dolphins are going back to the rookie. This is, again, talking about the experience and learning on the job. The Dolphins have their eyes set on the postseason, which certainly the Jets want to have something to say about that, hopefully over the course of this ball game today. But Dolphin quarterbacks were sacked six times in that game against the Denver Broncos, and the Denver rushing attack really took advantage of that Miami run defense. They ran it for 189 yards, maybe a blueprint the Jets would like to take advantage of as well. Certainly, the run game will be a big key in this one. Whether or not Frank Gore can get going, we've seen the Miami Dolphins defense be a little bit more susceptible in recent weeks. They were really strong to start the season. In fact, they allowed fewest points per game that we've seen, under 20. That's ridiculous. They've since allowed that number to creep up. They're giving up almost 3.5 more points per game. It is 3.5 points per game more since Tua took over as the starter. So there are a lot of different ways that they could potentially exploit this opportunity because you never know what with, with the team in a division there's always a little bit of rivalry familiarity and that opportunity exists rivalry games you throw the records out the window that's the rule of thumb right there so i think everything you said is spot on there but as far as two is concerned he was three and zero as a starter before that game six touchdowns still has not thrown an interception but before he got pulled from this game he wasn't very effective he got hit a ton as we said but if you think about what he's been able to do since he took over the reins of the starting role if you if you compare it historically, he's done some good things. Yeah, so I think he's just the fourth quarterback in the Super Bowl era with six or more touchdowns and no interceptions. Brian Flores helped him out with that one, took him out when things got a little bit dicey or couldn't quite 
make sense of it and tried to switch things up. They're really taking a different strategy with Miami in terms of trying not to let him fail and really setting him up for success. So part of that stat, it's an interesting one historically, but part of it's because his coach has protected him as well. Miami's offense is ranked 29th in the NFL. It's not very potent. It's not very effective. Their identity is defense, as I said. Fourth in the NFL in scoring defense. Second in third down defense. However, those are their season numbers. Last few weeks, though, since week number eight, you dive into those figures in particular a little bit deeper and you see a different outcome, right? You do. First, when you look at how many yards per game they've allowed, they've started allowing almost 51 more yards per game. They're up to 411.3 over the past since week eight, since two has become the starter. And that's third most in the NFL. That ranks number 30. That's a significant difference. Well, yards alone don't just matter. But like I said, it corresponds with an uptick in points per game allowed. And it also corresponds with an uptick in third down conversion percentage. So they're allowing more third downs to be converted, 37% in the past four weeks. And that ranks number nine in the NFL. But before, they were 31.3. They were best in the NFL until week seven. So there are places to exploit this defense. It is a great defense, but there are places to exploit it. Kind of like another version of the no-name defense. Not a lot of guys that stand out, but Emmanuel Ogba in particular, he's got eight sacks. He's third in the AFC, so that's someone the Jets certainly are going to keep their eyes on. Another thing, of course, which is important in every single game, Cynthia, and you know this, ball security. You don't want to turn the football over, but the Dolphins defensively have done a very good job of forcing takeaways this year. 17, as a matter of fact, tied for second in the National Football League. But when you look at it on a week-by-week basis, they've got a nice streak going in that department, right? Yeah, 16 straight games with a takeaway. That's that's a really nice little streak you got going on there. I would say so. And if you're the Jets, again, ball security. Don't want to give Miami easy possessions, especially for an offense, which is having problems moving the football here. Okay, mention that it's a rematch. And if you go back to that first meeting in South Florida back in week number six, Jets got shut out 24 to nothing. The only time they were blanked all season long. Joe Flacco started that game. Ryan Fitzpatrick actually was the starting quarterback for Miami at that time. He had three TDs in that one. But one area in particular that the Jets struggled with that afternoon was with third down conversions. And we talked about it a little bit earlier from the Dolphins side of things, but the Jets were just two for 17 converting third downs, extending drives that afternoon. That's a number that you would like to see bumped up a little bit here in this rematch. Yeah, and since they've been doing better on offense and getting more yards per play, getting more third down conversions over the course of several games, it's reasonable to think that both their up arrow with third downs and the Dolphins down arrow with third downs allowed kind of correspond to a nice trend. So the opportunity for them to really keep the ball in the possession of the Jets and keeping that game going, keeping those sticks moving, that's a much different opportunity value proposition in this matchup, especially now that there's increased health on the offensive side of the ball. More receivers, more people to catch the ball. Absolutely. So those are all the things that we're going to be looking forward to with this game. We can only hope that it's another memorable matchup and a long-storied rivalry between the Jets here and the Miami Dolphins. Let's take a peek here before we get out of Dodge. On the schedule after the Miami game, you know what? The Jets don't have to leave town. They're going to welcome in the Las Vegas Raiders for the first time ever to MetLife Stadium. Remember, these two teams met at the Meadowlands last year when they were still the Oakland Raiders, and it was a game that the New York Jets won. After the Raider game, well, it's back out to the West Coast for back-to-back trips for the Green and White to take on the Seattle Seahawks and the L.A. Rams. And unfortunately, still, you can't go to the game, Cynthia. I know you want to, but safety first, you can't be there. 
You know what? It's a real shame because I can't bring you guys Chagachinos then. You gotta have a Chagachino. Nothing better than that with football. They go hand in hand. All right, Cynthia, time has run out. That's all that we got for this week. Enjoy the game and we'll do it again next week. See you next week. All right, for Cynthia Freeland, I'm Dan Grasso. This has been the Numbers Game. Enjoy the football, everybody. So long.